hey, come on in, get it, get out of the cold, get out of the rain, uh, come, come warm up by the fire, and maybe we can have a little fireside chat. Thank you for joining me again. This is Jason Stanley, and um, with Halloween coming up, it actually is a very fitting time. We're gonna get into some uh, spooky, creepy stuff later on, um, but I want to start off on a much lighter note um, because I've been enjoying some good reading lately. I've uh, somewhat enjoyed sports lately, and if you um, have checked in on the teams that I like, then you can understand why I would say it that way. But one thing that I have really enjoyed um, recently that I thought I'd share with you um, has been Star Wars, and specifically the last season of the Star Wars, the Clone Wars cartoon. Now, this cartoon first came out, I think I was in high school. A bunch of people I knew talked about how much they enjoyed it as Star Wars fans. And I looked at them and I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, it's a Disney cartoon. What, what are we talking about? I mean, what's so great about this? And um, a few years ago, I uh, finally decided I was going to watch this cartoon. And it is really good. Um, I think uh, a lot, if, you, if you're much of a Star Wars fan, you probably have heard about how despised the Star Wars prequels are. And um, on the one hand, I get it. And on the other hand... Um, I think it's a little bit of an overreaction. The Star Wars prequels, they were not a good part of the series. They changed so much about what the Star Wars universe looked like. And while there are some explanations for it, there are some things that went on with those movies that just aren't helpful um and uh setting something like this cartoon back in that setting uh is risky because you don't know if they're going to fix things and and be really good and make things better or if they're just going to uh multiply the problem and you just have a very problematic series that's trying to get people to like something that isn't very enjoyable. Luckily, this series did everything right. I mean, it's an excellent series if you like Star Wars to go watch, and it's not the kind of young... uh, mindless kids cartoon that I expected as a Disney cartoon. Uh, It tackles some heavy stuff. It gets deep at times um, in ways that I assumed it couldn't since it was from Disney. It's just really good. And uh, Disney Plus did a final season to finish up the story Um, You got left off in the Clone Wars cartoon 
before uh, before the end of the Empire and the beginning of the Republic, which happens in Episode Three of Star Wars. And the the movie uh, gave you a part of that story, but now you begin to see things from other perspectives and uh, what this last season of the Clone Wars did was uh, kind of tie things up, give you uh, a better way to re-enter the, the story. It kind of helped make the cartoons uh, feel more complete. It closed up some of the character arcs. Um, so you have some characters from the uh, Clone Wars series who either aren't mentioned at all in the movies or who are only very briefly mentioned in movies or uh, some of the other media around Star Wars. And what this last season did was kind of tie all that together, say, okay, this is completed. Here's how we got to where the story eventually gets to. Um, it was really good. It was really well done. Um, I really enjoyed getting to watch this cartoon. And if you like Star Wars or if you um, like, I mean, if you enjoy watching cartoons, not the, not a lot of the ones that are out now that just have this really weird, off-the-wall humor that I have never quite connected with. Um, these Star Wars cartoons are phenomenal, and I highly recommend them. It, it was a lot of fun watching them, and hopefully you can have some fun watching them too if you decide to. So that's uh, among the things that I've had fun with lately. Um, what have you been having fun doing? Maybe it's a show, maybe it's a book that you've read recently. Um, maybe it's just a hobby that you've really enjoyed practicing. Hope, hopefully it's something like listening to this podcast, but um, yeah, what have you had some fun with lately? Let's keep chatting. The fire's just getting going. Recently, I read a book that had a, a ton of great insights, but one of them spoke very profoundly to me, and um, it was definitely much more devotional in nature than some of the other insights I gleaned from the book. Um, and so I, I really wanted to share it with you. It's, it really gave me a lot of encouragement, and it spoke very deeply to me, and so I hope it can speak that way to you, um, the the book that I was reading is called Immeasurable by Sky Jathani. And I will um, put it down in the description for this episode. Um, if you don't catch that description, again, it's Immeasurable by Sky, S-K-Y-E, Jathani, J-E-T-H-A-N-I. And he talks about how a lot of the, the big church stuff, um, 
the systems that they get in place, the way that they measure things, the way that churches are often now run more as a business than as a church, um, how it's misshapen our churches and how we've lost a lot of what it should mean to be church and to be Christian and to do ministry. And uh, he's writing a number of reflections to try to help correct it and help bring us back. Sometimes it's just a short little thing that is uh, kind of kind of funny. It kind of gets you thinking a little bit. Uh, some of them are much deeper. Um, some of them are incredibly profound. And at one point in this book, he tells a story from a time where he was ministering at a church near a college. And he was meeting with a small group of college students. And he asks these students, what does God think about you when you sin?" And the students kind of sit there quietly for a little while. And then one of the students uh, gets ready to speak. The student mentions they were uh, a missionary kid. Their parents met at a Christian college. A revival swept through that college. They both decided to go to the mission field. They got married. They've been doing missionary work ever since. The students said, I have, you know, this amazing missionary upbringing. I have seen God at work through the churches that we've been at, through my parents. I now feel called. I've come to a Christian college to learn, uh, to grow closer to God. And the students said, how is God ever supposed to use me? If all of this is true and I'm still sinning. And one by one, students shared similar thoughts. They grew up in the church. Some of them were missionary kids, pastor kids. They had all the right answers. They had a wonderful family life, an amazing upbringing. And they kept saying, well, God has to be disappointed in me because I keep screwing up and I should have this right. Or that God's going to be so angry that God surely by now has rejected me. That if they don't get things straightened out soon, God will never be able to do with them what God wants to do with them. That they're going to miss out on the absolute best that God has for them. Sky Jathani wanted to clarify just to make sure, you know, you can never be too sure of what the people you're interacting with might know. So they said, well, okay, you know, you all were at churches, right? You grew up in the church. They said, yes. Okay. Evangelical churches, churches that preached the gospel that Jesus died for our sins. Yes, and you accepted that gospel that Jesus has died for your sins. Yes. And you've, you've read the Bible. You know what the Bible says about how, about the gospel message, right? And they all said yes. 
and Skyjathani looked sad at them, kind of shook his head. And he says, it's amazing because none of you gave the right answer. What does God think about you when you've sinned? The answer is that God loves you. Man, that speaks very deeply to me because I think it kind of all gets into our heads, right? You, you've messed something up and you've, I mean, you get burned. You know, maybe it was a mistake that you made. Maybe you get into a situation and things just fall apart. Maybe things have gone the wrong way for too long. Maybe it is the thing that you've done. Maybe it's things that have been done to you. And you're just thinking, I don't think that God can look at me the same way. I don't think anyone can look at me the same way. Surely God can't. I mean, there are big-name pastors writing books about how to be a Christian who doesn't disappoint God. I mean, surely I am that Christian, right? Except the Bible tells a completely different story. The Bible says that at just the right time, Jesus came to save sinners. That that God shows his great love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I just wanted to share this word with you, and I'm not sure if this is the thing that you're desperately needing to hold on to right now, or if this is just going to be a a nice, helpful reminder for you to tuck away, but wherever you are, whatever you have done, God loves you now. Not because maybe someday you'll get it all together. Not because maybe at some point God will use your mistakes to help someone else. When you are in the middle of your sin and you have fallen further than you ever thought you could, God loves you. God loves you. Period. End of story. I don't know. I hope that helps you some. It really inspired me this uh, past while since I've read that. Um, maybe, maybe you've heard something recently that God's spoken to you. Um, I would love to hear about it. Well, but man, the fire's really getting going and our conversation is uh, continuing to to move along and pretty excited about where this conversation is going to be able to go next.
Well, Halloween is coming up. So it does seem kind of fitting, actually, that this week I'm going to be sharing about a very, very spooky topic. Um, I mentioned a few weeks ago, I'm, I'm sharing about something I, I studied in my uh, undergraduate degree. I wrote my undergraduate thesis on this topic. <laughs> and when I found out that I had to write this thesis because it wasn't completely clear starting off that this was something I was going to have to do. Um, they were asking about something that we find interesting and fascinating and we wanted to explore further. And I have always loved reading Christian horror novels. I know it sounds strange, but there are authors like Ted Decker and Frank Peretti who write horror novels that teach Christian messages. And I have always loved these books. And a common theme among Christian horror novels is demons. Right? You're going to interact with that. Um, the, the demonic is kind of Christianity's horror message. I mean, that's the big tool in Christian horror is, oh, it's, now it's demonic and there are the spiritual forces at work. And even if you haven't interacted with Christian horror, you've interacted with the demonic because it is also a very popular tool in secular horror. I mean, you have like the exorcist or um, <clears throat> the exorcism of Emily Rose or the last exorcist or um, other other works like these the right was a, a big one um, was actually produced based on a journalist looking at the Catholic Church's exorcists and so I, I wanted to kind of study it it's a part of theology that you're not just taught uh, for obvious reasons. But as I studied this, um, you know, it became really interesting. It really is tied to what we have been talking about, uh, where we've talked about how um, people tend, if you're not very intentional about who you become, you'll tend to drift. And generally that makes you not a better person. And that uh, we talked about kind of the human scale that we set up, that there are people we place that are like super good. There are people who we place who are super bad. And then there's the average person. And I said that that's not helpful scale because we should be able to move toward being a much better person. And we should be able to move toward being a much worse person and normally when we think of the human scale, we don't think about that. Well, when I started studying what's called demonology, the, the study of demons, the, the theology behind the demonic, it really fits the negative side of this human scale um, in, in a very profound way, actually. Because 
just like there's almost no one who comes all the way to the end where you are, you know, the most horrific, awful person. The kind of demonic stuff that we see um, in movies and TV shows is the most incredibly rare thing, even for people who fully believe in the demonic. It is so rare for things to get to that theatrical level. Um, That is the far end. But for people to be influenced by negative spiritual forces is actually very common. Now, I, in talking about the demonic, I understand that not everyone fully believes in it. And it could, it could be, and some people believe that this is what is going on. It could be that uh, you're, we're just trying to personify something that is uh, just, just kind of a, a thing about humans. Um, it could be personifying mental illness. It could be personifying negative behaviors and uh, negative uh, behavior patterns. And I'm, I'm not going to try to go through all of that debate. All right, so when I end up talking about demons or the demonic, um, you know, if you, if you full, fully buy into evil that is personified, cool, you know, we're using the exact same language. If you don't buy into it, all right, the, imagine that negative behavior patterns, negative mindset. Um, I don't think that we have to go real far one way or another. Um, but almost everyone gets influenced, right? It, Christians believe that every human who exists other than Jesus is influenced by sin. We all have this bent within us toward evil and toward doing the wrong thing and toward becoming worse people. Which is exactly what the demonic is doing. And so for all of us, there's the smallest demonic influence with all of us, pushing us toward the bad, pushing us to be a worse person. For some, it becomes much stronger. And they, they get pushed worse and worse. Remember, you make a bad choice. It makes it easier to make another bad choice. You give in to sin. You give in to the demonic forces. And you become more and more under their power. And it is a slow giving over toward the bad until eventually you are completely given over. And for a lot of people, that might never happen. There might always be enough of you that is pulling you out of the bad to get that bad. But again, for a lot of people, you never become the the worst human you imagine. 
There's always enough of you that is making good choices to keep you from becoming, you know, the horrific criminal serial killer, you know, horrifically bad people. There's always this chance, though, if you continue in making bad choices, to continue going worse and worse and worse. And this was uh, something that was easy to see with um, looking at demonology. The remarkable thing, and when I saw this, I was dumbfounded, is that a lot of what I just said is just as true in Christian theology in working toward the good. And and as, as a Christian, I... I believe that while we we can question how personified all of sin and evil um, and whether there are evil persons of that are known as demons that are spiritual beings or whether it's just a non-personified bad, there's not a debate for Christians about there being a personified good because that's what God is. And in Christian theology, when you allow yourself to continue to be changed and influenced by God, you are becoming more and more like God. You're becoming a better person. As I have worded it often, you are becoming more the person you were always meant to be. And as you continue moving in that direction... You can you continue moving and becoming a better person. It is remarkable how much like the path toward giving over to demons and giving over to sin, how similar these paths are. And we don't talk about completely giving your life over to God as possession. That's not the language that gets used, and that would, that would not be appropriate language. But the process is similar, and the end result is similar. It's like a polar opposite. And on the one hand, while there are very few people who ever are so possessed by the demonic that they are that horrifically bad, there are also, according to uh, different streams of Christian theology, it, it might vary on how likely it is and how often it happens, but um, our our look at the world and the people that we see would tell us that it's not particularly likely that that many people are ever f- 
that fully given over to God and that fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. The, the kind of Christian phrase, especially among Wesleyan Methodists like myself, is sanctification, to be fully sanctified. It doesn't happen that often. And the, the normal way of it happening is through a very long, drawn-out process of God saying, hey, look, you're, this is something you're not doing right, and you work with God, and you give over to God, and you allow God to change that in you. And as you draw closer to God, God continues to work these things out in you. And this is the kind of typical long slow path toward sanctification. And there is also a typical slow path toward just becoming an awful person. We always assume it happens in an instant that it's just something put inside someone, but normally it's not. Normally someone makes a bad decision that makes the next one easier and it continues to go down this dark path. And if we were just left, if humans were just left to our own devices, there would, and there still are, there would be, there still are more people who are not very good people than there are incredibly good people. But if humanity was just left to our own devices, this walk would be ridiculously skewed in the wrong direction. But as Christians, we believe that there is, I guess, an ace in the hole is a way of putting it. We, we have a way of changing all of this around for the better that will completely alter what this has to mean for us. As a Christian, I believe that God became a human in Jesus and actually defeated these demonic forces, whether personal or not, defeated them once and for all, broke their power. If we accept Jesus' remedy of it. In the Gospels, Jesus gives a really weird story to describe this remedy if we don't have this in mind. Jesus talks, um, after he'd gone, he performed different exorcisms um, throughout his ministry, and then he talks about if you perform an exorcism on someone, the spirit goes into this nether realm, wanders around, comes back to that person, finds everything well-kept and empty, and calls together other demonic spirits, and the person is left worse than before. But 
But then Jesus went, he died on the cross to defeat those spiritual forces, rose from the dead, and then gave to the church the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. A person who is meant to live in us for good. And who is good. And the Holy Spirit makes sure that after the house has been cleared out, it's not left empty. The Holy Spirit living in us, working in us, changes how this scale works. And if we make the choice to continue to draw closer to God and to continue to love God more and to continue to pursue who God is and what God has for us, this scale, while the drift will always be to the negative, so we have to focus on drawing closer to God, this scale can get broken. We don't have to fight this anymore. Jesus and Jesus' work can reset the scale for us. The Holy Spirit living in us, producing the things that makes a person a good person, can mean that we're not stuck fighting an uphill battle we can never win on our own. If it was just left to us and the demonic, negative evil that exists, no good would ever come of it. Nothing good would happen. But as a Christian, I believe that's not the way things are. Now, I know that some people think that Halloween is a celebration of the demonic. I don't quite buy into that. I do think, however, maybe Halloween is a little bit of a reminder to our society who, who has so long pushed the spiritual out that it does exist. And while we find it so fun that all this negative spiritual stuff we can do up all the witches and and the ghosts and the demons and everything else and we kind of find it fun it also could be used as a reminder hey wait it's real and if it's real then maybe we can take care Don't continue to make the bad choice in the wrong direction and give yourself over to evil, to the demonic, to sin, to being a bad person. Instead, take the step toward God. And maybe for you, that's accepting Jesus as your Savior who can break you from the power of evil that is holding you down. Maybe you have done that, but you're still 
moving the wrong way, then take a step toward God. Do something to draw you closer to God. Stop doing something pushing you away from God. This is the way that all of this works. And whether we try to personify a whole bunch of it or whether we just accept that God is part of the equation, as a Christian, I believe the only way to the good is to draw closer to God. The words of C.S. Lewis, it's to go further up and further in. So thank you for joining me for that long extended uh, journey into the weirdness that is my undergraduate study. Um, And thank you for joining me as we draw closer and closer to Halloween. Um, Really appreciate your continued support. Uh, with my podcast, and I hope that uh, God's blessed you with it. You can see that the fire's going out. Uh, It's probably a good time for us to end. So until next time, thank you for joining me for this fireside chat. God bless you. Take care.